Hello and welcome to episode 15 of Silent Class. To myself, Ollie, and Glyn, as always. How are you doing, Glyn? I'm okay. It's uh, fireworks night uh, tonight when we record. We're another day late because it's my fault this week. But um, yeah, it's, uh, there's a lot of fireworks going off outside and uh, there was a few fireworks on Saturday, Ollie, at the game. So um, yeah, lots to talk about this week. Cool. I don't think there'll be... I'm back where it all began. I'm back in the Holiday Inn <laughs> next to Heathrow <laughs> where we did the first pod. Oh. Um, so yeah, a few pods later, I'm back here again with my <laughs> often normal work jaunt. So yeah, this is an interesting one to get through. Um, yeah, be interested to get your takes on this. I didn't go to this game. I was out of a weekend away. Yep. So yeah, keen to get your thoughts, Glyn. There's, there's kind of lots of things to talk about, but then at the same time, we're kind of still in the same situation. So this is going to be an interesting one, I think. Yeah, I think we were just talking before we started recording about how, yeah, it was good to get a win under the belt and we'll come to the details of the game in a minute. But there were still, you know, things there that are worth commenting on and a lot of those things that sort of the same things we've been talking about for the last few weeks. But also some slight signs of positivity around some of the bits about the team as well. But yeah, it was it was an interesting uh, trip down there, which I'll, I'll sort of run through as well. But um yeah, I, I'm just confused. Still confused. Start of October, Ollie. It's uh, sorry, start of November, isn't it now? And I'm still confused yeah. by quite what this team is. So, um, yeah, I don't like you just said. Then I don't really think that the AFC Wimbledon performance gets us anywhere close to understanding quite what they are. So, <laughs> we'll just go through it. I think in a minute. Yeah, let's fire in. Darren Pierce is all over Spink. The referee's allowed play to go on. Town got the ball, knocked in by Curry. Almost found his way through to Spink. Has done to Brown. Brown shoots. That's a cracking goal. That's a cracking goal from Mickey Brown. So, Shrewsbury Town's first win away all season. Three. Hasn't it taken us to November? <laughs> um, and we won, yeah, 2-1 victory. Both goals for Shrewsbury came in the second half. Um, Hansen scored in the first half. And that um, man, Waterfall, scored Shrewsbury Town's two goals. Yep. Um, and the attendance has smidge over 4,000 um, and a good away following from town. So um, there was a bit of a surprise, I think, uh, when people saw the um, the team selection. I was actually walking around the Roman Baths and couldn't get any signal. So I couldn't really figure out who was playing. <laughs> um, and then when I did see the team, I was a bit surprised to see um, a couple of faces. So, yeah, obviously, Glenn, you went to the game. Um, so what was your kind of reaction? Uh, I think it was, I should just say, really, I, 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 had a, I had a long weekend down in London with the kids. So we'd, we'd had a day before and been to the cinema in the morning in Kingston. So we'd wandered down there and um, I ended up going into the game about 45 minutes before kickoff and stood by uh, Martin Berry, who's a, a long-time Shrewsbury Town fan who I've known for a while, and um, Dom Kirby, who's uh, is a guy I used to play for the away supporters with and a real nice bloke as well. So it was nice to be standing by a couple of familiar faces and uh, cheers for their company on, on Saturday. And I think we were all sort of there and we, when we sort of started talking about the team selection, you know, we were a bit surprised to see Arnold. That's that that was the main thing um but on the other hand there's a few things that we've been critical of Coleman about in the re- in recent weeks aren't there Ollie so if he was ever going to get a chance i suppose this was probably the game wasn't it yeah it was a bit of a surprise but um obviously with hindsight being a wonderful thing yep. um seems like a quite a good decision um and you know you, you know as a fan you kind of want to see the players and give them a chance you know um who would have known what we'd have thought of McGlivery last season unless he got those chances and actually turns out he's a good goalkeeper so who knows Arnold could have a, a long-term future well he won't have a long-term future because he's about 34 isn't he or something like that but is he is he that old I thought I thought he was low 30s I don't know we, we should google it really we should check I, I I've said that without citation so um yeah I'll, I'll check that and later on if I I'll google it and we'll see we'll see how far off I was but I think he's pretty old to be fair but yeah you know he's, he's certainly got a season or two left in him by the looks of it but this is all judging it from one performance and we'll come to his performance because it was quite encouraging but I suppose it's you know, worth running through the rest of the team Ollie, just to put it out there as well because it was quite interesting yeah, formation so, um, yeah so 20 year, 29 year old Steve Arnold is in goal oh, I wasn't um, far off. <laughs> <laughs> um, Emmanuel was playing right back Waterfall Sad the Beckles um, Grant sitting so we're playing a 4-3-3 
Norburn, Doherty, Faye on the wing with Gilead on the wing and Holloway. So a few surprises there. Interesting to see Faye play on yep, the wing. Yep, it didn't. Dad didn't work. Um, but nor did Gilead, and he is an actual winger. So I'll come to that in a minute. But yeah, I mean, it was interesting that we went with a sort of diamond three with with Grant in his normal position, as you say, and, and Norburn and Doherty ahead of. Um, Ahead of Laurent, really, which was which was another interesting choice, and obviously Holloway. L- Laurent came off the bench. He did. He, yeah, he was, yeah, he came off the bench. I'm talking about the, the team that started. Yeah. It was interesting ah, that, that those two started ahead of him, really, because he's been one of our better players, hasn't he? And um, yeah, yeah, he has. A few people have been talking about Norburn not really influencing games, so maybe he would have been the one under threat. But um, yeah, it was interesting because yeah, it, it it was definitely a game of two halves, and, and performances of different players are probably worth commenting on in a moment. But yeah, Holloway up front as well, and there was the discussion that maybe the shot would have played because he scored two goals in a reserve game in the week, and I think people were a bit worried we were going to see him again. But as it turned out, um, Holloway has now figured out how to last ninety minutes. And do you want to know how he's figured out how to play ninety minutes, Ollie? Hi. He takes copious amounts of energy gels. <laughs> <laughs> Because um, we were standing, me and Dom, watching him in the second half, and it got to about 60 minutes, and he, he had one energy, and I believe he went back and had a second one. And to be fair, it did boost him. He got him through the rest of the game. He didn't have to come off after 60 minutes. So, signs of progress for Holloway's fitness, I think. Yeah, you're not supposed to take too many of those, because <laughs> they're bad for your stomach. But if it helps, I guess. I don't care if he's got to have a poo after the game, as long as he can play. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. But, yeah, so, um, yeah, <laughs> on to the football. <laughs> how, how did the game start? Glenn? What's oh, your feel? God. So... You know, anyone that was there and probably people who've seen the highlights of this, it was, you know, let's just start with the basis of it. But it was one of those games, again, Ollie, where it was one half that was good football or, or better football, I suppose. And one half of God awful football, to be honest with you, very similar to Fleetwood, where we, we tossed the game away through formation problems there. This was a bit different. We, we, we started slowly, but so did Wimbledon. And it was a really, really poor game to watch, Ollie, from the start, you know. Neither team could really put any moves together. It was very disjointed. Um, you know, it felt like a League Two game. Ollie had that kind of feel about it. You know, the, the the Wimbledon ground is pretty old school and ramshackle, isn't it? And you know, both teams just trying to do something, but it not really working. Both teams over relying on you know direct football at times. To be honest with you, because they both had a big bloke up front sort of thing, and particularly Wimbledon, they were very direct. Um, and the only real thing to notice in the first 10 minutes, other than some sort of turgid play, was that the, the um, MK Dons... MK Dons? That's a bit of a slip, isn't it? Um, no, you need to delete yeah, that. Yeah, I might have to delete that. Um, the Wimbledon fans were chanting for their manager from the start, which was interesting because he's obviously under a lot of pressure as well. Um, so, you know, obviously, there's a little bit of a, of a groundswell of trying to keep him there. But I didn't notice any um, ASCII chance the whole game, to be honest with you. I may well have missed one right at the end, but because I went a bit, you know, straight after the whistle, but not during the game, there was nothing for ASCII. So that was that was my only interesting observation from the first 10 minutes, to be honest with you. Um, we just didn't settle, but nor did Wimbledon. No, watching back the stunning highlights, um, it was just seemed to be a bit of a corner fest for Wimbledon. Yeah. Um, so the, in the first half, as we were saying, there was absolutely no town efforts in the highlights. Um, in a 13-minute no. highlight section, which is quite poor. Um, so, yeah, there's a, lot, a few crosses from Wimbledon. Um, bounces in the box, and they really should have scored um, from that from that cross. And a dangerous shot from Wimbledon blocked and goes out for a corner. Um, corner taken, the chance fired over. And then I guess a question for you, Glenn. Do you, who do you think Wimbledon started better, you know, from in this kind of, you know, 20 minutes or so in, 25 minutes in? I think tactically they... In a, in a turgid game, their tactic was more likely to get results and, and force corners, I think, because they were hitting up They were to, having shots, at least. Yeah, they were hitting up to Hansen, the big big bloke that used to play for uh, Bradford, didn't he? You know, he's a tall, yeah. still quite a presence at this level and, and looked dangerous. And he really gave Waterfall and, and Sadler a bit of a time at, at certain parts in the game. And, you know, there was little knockdowns there where they'd occasionally get onto it and a deflected shot would go for a corner or Hansen would get a header that was deflected for a corner. So a lot of their pressure and, and chances they were creating were coming from that sort of direct approach. It wasn't pretty to watch at times. They had a player called Pen- 
Penick, who was pretty good on one of the wings, and he was probably maybe the outstanding player for for or come to outstanding player later, but he was certainly the outstanding player for them in the first half. So um, they probably played a little bit better than us, but we, we were, you know, it's it's not a joke to say, and, and town fans got pretty angry after we conceded. But even before that, the writing was on the wall, Ollie. We were very very poor, like. I think I put on Twitter it was the the worst forty five minutes I've seen us have all season. I know we've, we've not even got to the goal yet, but I've not seen us play that badly. And it was it was almost yeah I, you know I come to our foot at half time, but it was very lifeless and and you know when everyone's saying are they playing for the manager? Well during that first period you couldn't say they were playing for the manager. It just looked like players going through the motions, no drive, no passion, no desire. All the things that Askey had been saying the last few weeks, interestingly. So um, yeah, Wimbledon weren't great, but we were much worse than them in the first half. Yeah. So another corner came in, um, fired into the back post over Arnold. Um, the commentator did comment that the, um, there might have been the sun in his eyes because the sun was kind of over that corner. Um, and then, yeah, um, quite a simple goal, really. Mm. Um, back and, and yeah, before we know it, well, before we know it, we're 1-0 down from a set piece again. Interesting observation, that Ollie, about the hat. Because at the time when we were there, we were... We well, he wasn't wearing a hat, was No, he? he wasn't. This is the thing, right? Because it started off and the sun was very low on the left-hand side. Like, every time we were trying to watch it, we had to put our hands up to our, our, um, our, our you know, to cover our eyes. And, and, you know, it must have been an Arnold sight. Because at one point, we were saying, how can we start wearing a hat? And, and we were chatting amongst ourselves. And then, is it Dave Ashland, the kit man? He walked in front of all the town fans, maybe 15 minutes in, and he had a hat. So Arnold had obviously called for a hat. He put it behind the goal. He walked back and then Arnold never put the hat on, which was quite interesting. And I thought, he, you know, for me, there was a legitimate reason to say that the Sun must have been playing problems with him with, with the first half corners because he flapped at one just beforehand and we'd said, oh, you know, Dom again, who was standing behind me, he'd sort of tapped me on the shoulder and said, that's the warning shot, Glyn. If they're going to score, it's going to come from that. That's the warning shot. And as you say, it was the next corner after that where it came in um, and, and he got a little bit lost and, and the big blokes up front for, for Wimbledon managed to get their head on it at the right time. And it was a pretty soft goal to concede, to be honest with you. But, it, it, you know, it, it was one of those ones Ollie where you watched it and you were like well yeah I saw that coming because the first two corners we defended were pretty similar and we kind of got away with it so oh, I don't know it was it was frustrating and um, Busy had an epic meltdown just after that <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it was there wasn't really many other highlights in that half so how did you kind of feel at half time uh, it was very low, very low to be honest with you. And it, and it felt a lot like, you know, I was trying to kind of put it, put it into words really while I was there on the day. And I, and cause you know, when doing a podcast, yeah. you know, you're going to have to talk about it. Don't yeah. you? So you do try to kind of consciously have a think about what, what, you know, what's going on at halftime. Correct. And it, and it, and it felt for all the world, like we were done with ASCII in all honesty, it felt like if that is the best we've got under him, he's going to be gone, you know, and it, there was an element of feeling like the players weren't particularly playing for him. There was an element of, they, they must've felt like he was a goner. There was, there was no real passion, no drive, no heads up. No one really geeing him on. Um, you just wouldn't have expected us to, to get anything out of that game, Ollie. You and, and you would have expected us to fall further behind, even against a re like I'd put Wimbledon up there in the top three worst teams I've seen this season. It wasn't like we were playing anyone any good. Um, and to me, I was I, I kind of summed it up a little bit like it was like zombie football in the first half. It was like you know they were going through the motions, Ollie, but there was no life behind the eyes. Do you know what I mean? It was very zombie esque. Um, and and everyone was feeling just really low around me and and the, the town fans. To be fair, you know I'm normally really really positive about town fans, but for most of that first half there was no zero to no chanting at all. It was just really turgid and really bad to watch. And so how do we feel at half time? That's half-time? quite uncommon, isn't it? It's, it's really it's how really you unlikely to chant, not to chant, even if it's only a, you know you know there's, there's a, a, a strong band of young lads that make a good lot of noise and you know you know even if it's just them there's at least some noise. It so was... they weren't even chanting at all. 
Not massively, no. As I say, I've been to loads of away games this season, loads of my time supporting Shrewsbury, and I'd say in terms of away atmospheres, and not until the end when we got the goal back and it was, it was a bit better, but for, for that first half particularly, it was reflective of the football we were watching, Ollie. There's no, no other way of really putting it. They they gave us almost nothing to be positive about, and when we went 1-0 down, the amount of sort of vitriol from a few people around me was quite interesting, and it was directed at Askey, um, directed at a couple of players as well, because you were right on them at, at Wimbledon, like we talked about last week, so there was a point where Gilead came over, and I just had to shout at him you've got to give us more you've got to give us more this is not good enough when we were 1-0 down and, and you know people always say well how's that helping sort of thing but I paid my money I'd gone all the way to Wimbledon I'd gone wanting my team to win I'm desperate for us to get out of this trouble we're in and I saw a little a young lad Gilead just walking around the pitch not affecting the game not really trying all that much and it and I get wound up by that and I don't you know some people say it's just football why do you get wound up but I'm sorry if you can't be putting it in or putting a decent shift in in a situation like we were in then 1-0 down to one of the worst teams in the league you, you're not going to make it and I, 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 every time I watch him I have serious consider, seriously consider what he actually gives us long term but yeah I don't know I, w- I was very frustrated and, and to be fair I wasn't the only one around me and I think that no one expected no one expected what we had in the second half to come <laughs> So yeah obviously um, Askey and, and um and the assistant manager agreed with you um, in terms of Julius' performance because yeah. they whipped him off at half-time, didn't they? I mean, what, how, how did we set up second half? Oh, we couldn't really figure it out first. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was almost like four four two diamond then after that. Um, so, Laurent yep. came off for Gilead. Um, and then we thought Faye might be sort of playing up as a four four two diamond, but... Fade drifted around. He wasn't really up front quite as much as that. That gives an effective off. So at times it was almost like four one three two sort of thing with, you know, Faye sort of joining the other midfielders, but also trying to get forward. Um, it was quite an attacking formation, I thought. You know, going going with just that many midfielders and only really leaving Grant. I suppose it didn't leave us that exposed thinking back at, but back about it. But the three attacking midfielders who were sort of on then, but other than Grant, they all got massively forward. Um, they worked hard as well. So, I don't know, it was a bit weird. It, it took a while to settle down, but it certainly made a difference. I think that it finally put Wimbledon on the back foot. We'd given it so easy to them in the first half. And as I say, they were not a good team. Um, we gave them so much space, so much time, uh, particularly in central midfield, that they were just having, having a field day. So, that little change did make a bit of a difference, to be honest with you. But Wimbledon really, really didn't play play that half well at all. No, no. So um, yeah, we we actually well, we took us to the second half to get our first highlight. So yep. Faye had a decent shot on yeah, his left. Yeah, good. And and then the goal came. So um, a Doherty corner. Um, it's going to put pressure on Wally, isn't it, when he comes back into the team? Whether he'll be on corner duty or not, because Doherty's doing quite a good job. Um, headed a ball, basically Doherty corner came in, headed across a back across goal by Holloway and banged in by Waterfall, who just goes absolutely mad. And a lot of players seem to like seem to be quite pleased and run back. And on the highlights, Glenn, as a I was just asking was quite a question for you. Did he did he celebrate in front of the fans on his own? I didn't really notice because one of the things I observed in the first half was when Wimbledon went ahead, almost all their players ran over to Neil Ardley, the, the Wimbledon manager. And again, it felt like a little bit of a, we've done this for our manager, we don't want him to go. And I don't think he got sacked today, interestingly. So maybe that's played a part, you know, and the home fans' reaction has played a part in him keeping his job because obviously they've been terrible. Um so I was looking who ran over to Askey, to be honest with you, to see whether there was that kind of um, reaction from the Shrewsbury fans. It, that, uh, sorry, from the Shrewsbury players. And it, it wasn't like that at all, to be honest with you. Grant went over and got a couple of instructions from Phelan, and Askey was sort of hanging around on, on the side a bit further back. Um, and, I th- and then I think that was it then. They all went back to the centre circle. But I think, to be fair, they were focused on trying to get back in the game because... Yeah, they were. They did see a lot of... That's why I asked the question. It wasn't, well, I'm not trying to yeah. you know, create a story. Or no, no, exactly. It's just genuine, genuine I saw Lauren basically pick up the ball and everyone's kind of smiling and running back yep. straight in kind of 
nice straight lines and Waterfall went off at an angle. So I just, yeah, interested in the celebrations. And Yeah, I think it's more interesting about Waterfall where he celebrated the second one. I'll come, come to that when we talk about yeah. that goal. But, but interesting, I would just say about that goal, you know, it was all the goals in this game were from set pieces and that gives you an indication of the, the type of chances that were the best chances in the game. It was attritional football at times. Um, and even our chances from open play, you know, it was one of those games again, Ollie, where we did create a little bit in the second half and I'm sure you've seen the XG. It went up a little bit. But again, they were... when. Other than Faye's good shot and a couple of bits we might come to in a minute, there was no other real clear-cut chances. So, you know, <clears throat> everyone's come away from that game thinking we did well, but I still wasn't convinced it was an awfully good second-half performance. I just, I put a lot more of it down to Wimbledon badly managing the game out, and they made a terrible substitution halfway through that half. Yeah, it was definitely a, a game of um, set pieces. Um, again, the next highlight was really a free kick taken um, by Grant to Doherty, who runs forward and strikes the ball forward, and keeper fumbles it and doesn't really pick it up. So Holloway got um, quite close to that one, but wasn't quite to be done. And and then free kick for um, for Wimbledon, which yes. is probably the highlight of the game, and had a bit of a, a viral, rea- a viral, <laughs> yeah, viral. No, it went viral. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Um, it's been a long day, <laughs> <It's all right. laughs> and he went, vi- went viral online, and it was super, super safe. So yeah, so those who weren't at the game, Glenn, what happened? So uh, just yeah, basically they had a free kick lined up at one one, and it was you know time was ticking on. It felt like this would have been a, a massive moment to score, and it was um, this Pinnock again, who I've mentioned for Wimbledon. He stepped up and he took a really good free kick right over the wall. Was arcing in, uh, you know, the town fans where we were were like, oh, we've, we've gone behind there. You know, it didn't look like Arnold was anywhere near getting it. He was completely outside the goal. And he launched himself and he, he just flies across goal and he actually saves it with his wrong hand. He sort of comes at it with the other hand and sort of yeah, tips it away. Yeah, good-handed save. Um, and so everyone's cheering and then suddenly, you know, we see the players jumping in and all I feel is a hand on the back of my shoulder and again it's Dom going, did you see Sadler? Did you see Sadler? And to be fair, I watched it back on the replay. What Sadler did after the save was just as good as Arnold's save because he stopped Lightning a certain quick. goal. Who, who, says, who said he's got no pace? Yeah, okay? yeah. Who said he's got no pace? He was His reactions... And the ability to get rid of the ball in that position was a yeah, fantastic defender. He should not be dropped. Asky's got, you know, I, pff, what it's all about, I don't know. But the, there's no way that there's any tactic about that that stuff the other week about, oh, it was tactical where he got dropped. I don't get it. He's he's our best centre-back. I won't I won't hear any different personally. That's my view. Um, And, and he was he was he's good again on, on Sunday. So, um, on Saturday, sorry. So, yeah, he saved a certain goal. And then, to be fair to Arnold, I wanted to talk about his overall performance. He was, he was cracking, to be fair. He... I said cracking. He, he was solid. You know, he's better than probably Coleman has been in the last few games. I mean, he could have done a little bit better with the goal. We talked about the sun. Maybe that did play a little bit of a part because he did struggle, struggle with a couple that were up in the air in the first half. Much improved in the second half, but his shot stopping that save. And also, there's another one that I don't know if it was in the highlights where someone had a shot at his near post and he got down really smart and quickly to save it um, again at one-one. And to me, it was his his saves, those two saves that were the platform for the win. Yeah, we went on to snatch it at the end, but without Arnold making those two vital saves, we wouldn't have got anything out of the game, Molly. And then, um, I don't know, you could probably guess what I'm going to ask now. So, Arnold's performance, how was his kicking? His kicking was all right. But, you know, I don't, I don't remember him kicking anything straight out. I think he'd be, he's not particularly quick. He's quite old school and just wants to get it down on the deck and find that man. And they were much straighter than, than Coleman. They didn't t- tend to be on an angle too much. So, no, I, I didn't really see any problem with his kicking. I say, yeah, really, when there was... An improvement, of... then? Well, yeah, I, I, you know, if we're going to talk about it, everyone's talked about, should he play against Salford? For me, he, he played well enough and, and did enough in that game to deserve to keep the shirt. So, uh, you know, you've got to go with the man that's the incumbent, haven't you, if they've had a reasonable game. So, to me, I'd start him against Salford, yeah. Cool. Um, and then there, was, then there was quite a um, controversial kind of moment. Um, so a long ball <laughs> um, for Norburn. Um, Holloway's running down um, the pitch, gets into the box, 
and then he goes down and there was mm. a, a claim for a penalty. So on the day, Glenn, what did you think? It was funny because we were talking about him being tired and his energy gels. And when, when this chance came one-on-one, we were like, oh my God, he's got the pace to have got one, you know, in on one-on-one. I couldn't, couldn't believe what was seen. nitro gel, was it? <laughs> I think, yeah, the, the, the jelly babies or whatever he was eating. But um, yeah, he got in one-on-one and then... On the day, you know, I thought it was a pen and, and it was right in front of where we were sort of, you know, standing, to be honest with you. And um, I was watching the referee. So he goes down and the referee's got the whistle in his mouth. And, and he obviously, you know, what goes to blow and then the ball falls to, I think it might have been Laurent or one of our other players. And it looks like they've got an easy chance to just shoot in on goal then and probably score. But they kind of fluff it up. And I get the feeling that the ref made a mistake. He mentally played advantage in a bad position. And to be honest with you, and then he just didn't course correct. He didn't just give the penalty after the chance had gone. Um, he was probably looking for help from his linesman. His linesman was having none of it. Um, and, it and it looked like Holloway was caught. I've not seen this one back in a replay, so I'm interested to see what you've see, seen of it. But on the day, I was convinced, like all the town fans there, were, that it was a penalty, to be honest with you. Yeah, it was kind of clumsy. So he was kind of arms and legs all over the back of him. Um you couldn't tell exactly if, if he pushed him or not, but it was certainly clumsy. Um, and then, yeah, Holloway, Holloway gets up himself really quickly, um, which maybe didn't really help. Kind of maybe yeah. yeah, help Town in terms of getting the the penalty. If it'd been uh, if it'd been given, um, I wouldn't have yeah, I wouldn't have had any qualms, and I'd probably so yeah, it's a penalty. But as it wasn't, I don't know. It just gives me that kind of and, and benefit of a not mm. benefit. It gives me a kind of seed of doubt yeah. um, whether it was a penalty or not. Um, well, we yeah, were certainly trying our best to cheer for it, Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> I bet, I bet. Um, but it didn't take too long, and yeah. The moment, yeah, high, high, a big high came after the low of the first half, Glenn. You guys must have gone pretty ecstatic with what happened next. Yeah, and so, yeah, it's very true. Yeah, go on, you explain the goal and I'll give you my thoughts. So, yeah, so Doherty takes a free kick, um, kind of, I'd say he was kind of like near the halfway line, kind of maybe, you know, between the halfway line and kind of the edge of the, the, the circle to the left-hand side of the pitch, kind of a, in the kind of left-back kind of position. He, um, he kicks the ball forward, long into the box, and Waterfall, he's kind of been manhandled and kind of moved around, does this kind of deft little header, which just kind of loops into the back of the net. Um, and yeah, everyone goes absolutely mad. And and this time, all the players re- um, run with Waterfall and just go absolutely mental. We certainly did. They ran right down to almost in front of exactly where I was. Um, Some of the Doherty jumped into the fans as, almost as well. He went into the fans. Yeah, he did. And they were all sliding down there. And um, yeah, it went mental, to be honest with you. Um, I think my, my little lad ran out to the front and everybody ran along the front then because they wanted to go down a bit further front. And the steward had to like rescue my little lad from this sort of impending amount of uh, big Shrewsbury Town fans running down there. But he was enjoying it. He's been talking about it all week. So sort of all weekend since we got back. But um yeah, it was good, and and you know we can we can lament what the season's been like, and we've we've been quite clear that we you know from everything that's gone on so far, we we both sort of have said we'd like or we think Askey should go. We can't quite see the the, the the way forward, but you know in terms of him, you take away all the fan views, massive goal for him, um, massive goal for the club really in terms of the problems we've been in this season, and you know massive for someone like Waterfall to step up to do it. And interesting, I you know I still think he was. There was a couple of moments in the game where he got away with some ropey defending, right, Ollie? You know, and that that's fair. We've seen that quite a lot, right? But when it was the basic, easy heading, kicking away, putting your body on the line stuff, he did that well. Um, took his first goal really well. Second goal, massively good goal as well. And interesting when he when they all went down in, in front of the fans, they were all cheering, and and I think it was Doherty was sort of giving a bit of a punch of thumbs, uh, sort of thumbs up and punch to the crowd as he walked off. A lot of the other fans were sort of clapping and 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 stuff. But Waterfall was obviously the last man up and he stood up and he sort of kind of half flexed his muscles and he just stood in front of all the town fans and was just get, get, trying to get everybody up, like two fists in the air, really trying to pump the crowd up. And I thought for the first time there, I could see why Lincoln fans really, really liked him because, you know, 
I kind of summed it up. He wasn't so crap at defending. He's the sort of player that fans would probably really take to. Do you know what I mean? You know, there's, there's that problem that we think about the, the way he's been playing at times, and that's harsh considering our defensive record. But he has, you know, given a lot of penalties away. Yeah, but a lot but, of gifts, doesn't he? He's been turned quite easily. And is that is that a, a player struggling to settle in a new club? Yeah, possibly. You never know. Who knows? He could turn it around, and he could be our new Sadler. You know, he could turn it around, and you know, we we obviously want our players to be successful. So who knows? You know, he might have a really good second half of the season. Yeah, it's the first time I've seen it, so that's why I thought it was an interesting reaction. It's and good, um, interesting. People have been asking for that passion and someone to sort of you know, get with the fans. You know, we have the players from last year who tend to do it a bit, but a lot of the other lads seem a little bit standoffish. But I, I saw it in Waterfall the first time, and what you've just said is exactly right on I was going to go and say that it does strike me that he is the sort that might be able to turn the fans around. He needs to be more consistent in, in his defending and, and not giving gifts away, which he's mainly sort of ironed out of his game a little bit in recent weeks, I suppose, thinking about it. But yeah, there's definitely redemption for, for Waterfall. And, and, you know, there's only sort of seven or eight defenders have scored two or more goals in a game this season, and he's one of them now. So he's our joint top goal scorer in the league. So <laughs> yes. Some, that's, some crazy that's stats funny there. and demoralising. <laughs> it's a bit sad, isn't it? To be fair, yeah. Oh dear, there we so, go. So yeah, so that's that's your view on Waterfall. What, what's your view on Wimbledon? They're they're rubbish. <laughs> they're not good. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, they got their rewards from the style of football they play, but the style of football they play was horrible to watch. In all honesty, um, and yeah, I what a bit were... of a Gary Peters. Yeah. Maybe, maybe a bit of the old old crazy gang Wimbledon, to be honest with you, without quite that much uh, sort of spirit and, and fight. But um, guile, basic long ball, very little craft, Ollie. In all honesty, didn't look like they had really that many creative players. Um, and if I was to guess, I think they'll continue to struggle. Um, we normally give our best player. I originally thought Hansen, um, the big bloke up front, he caused us issues in the first half. Actually, the more I think about it, he did drift out of the game badly. Um, and then he eventually got subbed for a really, really terrible uh, centre forward that came on from him. That was the sub that cost him the game. They brought on this guy and he just did nothing up front for Wimbledon. And all it did was invite the, the pressure from us more and more and more And we, as we grew into the game. So for me, that was the sub that lost in the game. It was a really poor sub. But I think that handsome was knackered. But actually, the more I think about it now, I think their best player was that Pennock. Um, he, he was reminding me a little bit of Rodman last season with a little bit of drifting in and out and sort of good balance, good good with the ball at his feet. He had a little trick in him every now and again. And um, yeah, sort of solid league one player. So I think he was my, my pick of, of their players, really. So um, who was your top three, Glenn? Yeah, well, interesting. Some names I haven't featured before. Obviously, we've talked about Arnold. Um, I gave him man of the match just because I thought he gave us the platform for the win without you know what he did. Waterfall wouldn't have had the chance to, to get the goal to, to win the game. So I gave Arnold man of the match um, because, you know, coming into first league game like that, a bit of pressure on him as well. And I thought he, he dealt with everything he really had to in the main. Um, but then, yeah, harsh on Waterfall, you know, two goals two goals in the game. Defensively, got away with a couple of things, but in general was, was pretty solid during the game. Um, and I gave the third to Laurent. I, I just think that as much as the formation helped, um, when he came on in the second half, his energy did really lift the team, Ollie. Um, you know what he's like yeah. when, when he gets going and... Um, him and Norburn and, and Doherty played much better as, as a three attacking midfielders when he came on um, than the two of them had been doing before that um, and he offered us so much more than Gilead um, yeah so there he offers a little more legs doesn't he in that yeah. centre centre part of the pitch yeah so, so that was it really but I mean when we talked about some of the players I mean Beckles was fairly anonymous and he, did, he had a solid enough game um yeah, a, a right back Emmanuel was uh, pretty similar as well. To be fair, they just sort of trundled through the game. In all honesty, um, Grant was Grant did his normal job again. Uh, you know, wasn't very good in the first half, but was was solid enough as that platform built in the second. And uh, Holloway, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still not convinced he's going to get us goals. To be honest with you, I mean, he worked hard, no. kind of kept going a bit more than he usually does. But you know, you, you could count the the half chance he had on his hand and. Um, yeah, he did a little bit more of that sort of Carlton Morris esque sort of work we were talking about last season, but nowhere near on Carlton Morris's level. Yeah, 
the only trouble with having a target man is he needs to be a, he needs to he needs to have players around him scoring goals. Yeah. And if it doesn't, the pressure kind of comes on the target man. You know, you think about Giroud at the World Cup. Mm-hmm. You know, he didn't score a goal, but it didn't matter because he was he was the link play, he was the pivot, and he kind of got those goals. And when you don't have your midfielder scoring and you're relying on your central defender from set pieces, mm. it's a bit of a concern. It was a concern. He did. There was a couple of good things in the second half, Ollie, where he held it up well in the box, and and one of them was the layoff a phase shot, I think, and a, there was another one where he laid it off, and someone should have had a quicker shot, and so that that was good to see. But um, if that's always there for. Fair enough. I, I just think your forwards got off you a little bit more of a goal threat for me personally. Yeah. So that that covers the players that played as well. But yeah, that, that was my top three: Arnold, Waterfall, and Lauren. Um, and then yeah, so that, that, just just really talk about the final whistle. It was a big big cheer and a big celebration. To be fair, and um, you know, ASCII. I, I took a video and it's on the Blue and Amber Facebook uh, Twitter page of what ASCII did at the end. I thought it'd be interesting to see what he does because there was all these rumours still about it might have been his last game even if we did win or what was going to happen. And so I thought I'd film him and he, he sort of just left the dugout, shuck, shuck the opposition manager's player, walked onto the pitch, put a, put a hand on, I think it was one of, might have been um, Manuel, maybe leaning on the floor. And then a few claps for the town fans um, and then a, a sort of second little clap as well. And then he then he sort of shook another player's hand and walked off, really. So no different to normal, I suppose. There was no, nothing really to judge it any differently on. But um, certainly went somewhere else after the match from where he normally goes because suddenly he wasn't doing the press, was he, Ollie? No, he wasn't. Um, so, yeah, it was... Uh, I don't know if you were listening. I guess you couldn't really listen down no, in London. No, no, down in London, no. To be sure. You could have your dry fan out. Maybe you could have got it. But I guess you're enjoying the game with your son and having a bit of chat with the lads. So, trying to get um, out of the game. Trying to get out of London was a big enough challenge because it was a rugby yeah. at Twickenham. So I had to go back on myself to the A3 and then round the M25 and back into the Heathrow traffic. So that wasn't a lot of fun. It wasn't a lot. Of, it wasn't much time for listening to Radio Shropshire then. No. <laughs> so, so what did John um, Fylan have to say? So he said, the dressing room is a happy place to be. We got what we deserved after a good second um, 45 minutes. Talking about the first half and at half time, he was saying that the players are disappointed in themselves. There <laughs> were a few harsh words. He was asked, were there a few harsh words at half time? And he said, yes, and not just from the staff, from some of the senior pros too. Good. Um, second half, we got the result we needed. We, but, uh, but he did go on to point that we need to start producing it for 90 minutes. Yeah, God, don't we? Yeah. So, and then obviously the big topic in terms of obviously not John, and he said John's not a big talker himself. He's happy to be in the background and let the players have the limelight, but he also letting the assistant manager of the limelight. And then there's a few interesting comments in here, Glenn. So he said some people need need to realise what is happening. Um, and then he's um, so I'm interested to know who the who these people are, um, who are the people referring to. What was the inference of that? Um, though? What, what, what I don't know. It was just like like about how they're doing and how how they're performing. Um, and someone some said that he said that people need to realise what is happening. It was a bit of an odd comment. Weird. Um, yeah, and then he said as a staff, um, they felt that Arnold needed his, his, he deserved his chance to have a go. So that yeah. was fair enough. Yeah, I said that. Yeah. Um, and then he said the fans and press are happy we won, we won game. So that was a bit odd. I've never heard of a, a manager or assistant manager pointing out that the press will be happy that we've won a game. Mm. We just talk about the fans. Um, and anyone who knows anything about football knows that we're together as a unit. Which is again was another kind of another another quite strong comment, um, and he said, and then he goes on to talk about the players again, and this is something that John Askey said quite a few times. You know, it's not about the tactics, um, it's not about that. It's about the players putting one hundred percent commitment and one hundred percent effort, and one hundred football professional football these days. Um, you know, you have to be at one hundred percent. Yeah, um, and we fell short in these standards. So. There was quite a few barbed comments in there. Interesting. And a few kind of comments, kind of, you know, a bit slopey shoulders in terms of tactical decisions, because we've pointed out quite a few tactical errors um, during the course of the season. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't think you could say this first half was a tactical error, to be honest with you. It was just a lack of desire and, and effort, to be honest. But no, no, he, just, he, he, was, he was saying it was a lack of error. He didn't talk about tactics in the first half. He said, yeah, but still, it's, you know, as a, as a management team, you've got to take responsibility for performance. Yeah, you have, you have. And, and I find the whole thing pretty weird because obviously we'll just talk a little bit more wider about what happened in the week running up. So obviously Lewis Cox put an article in the Shropshire Star called Has John Askey Lost the Dressing Room, didn't he? Which is a fairly clear and, and poignant point to have made after that debacle at Oxford. So, you know, the comments that you've heard from that you've just commented there is, you know, do we really do we think that he's maybe aiming it just specifically at old Lewis? Because that was a specific comment, you know, about a kind of about an article that he put together. You know, if you talk about anyone knows anything about football knows this unit is together. That's a pretty barbed direct response to someone saying that you've lost a dressing room. And if he's mentioning press in his in his comments as well. Um, to me, it's obviously a direct response to what, what was in the Shropshire Star. What do you think? Yeah, I think it could be, and, and maybe also uh, Mark Elliott has been, um, has yeah. been getting a bit of, uh, a, um, let's call it, strange for me feedback. Yeah. Um, yeah, which seemed a bit harsh because, you know, what's he going to call? I, I understand, you know, me and you both are both not convinced about the manager, but at the same time, where he um, deserves credit, we'll give it. And where he deserves criticism, he'll get it from us. So we're, you know, I think we're always trying to be balanced. But I think some of the comments about, you know, what is Mark Kelly going to talk about when you're playing and have a terrible first half of football? He's going to have to say, and you know, you've said already, Glenn, it was a poor first half. So it's I'm terrible. Not sure what yeah. he's going to talk about? Yeah, and you was... say it's one of the worst performances this season for fifth point five minutes. Oh yeah, well up there, well up there. First worst I've seen in all honesty, Ollie. And I know I missed Oxford away and a couple of other bits and pieces, but it's interesting with the press because I, I quite like their candor and their honesty about what's gone on this season. You know, no one remembers when they got on the hype train last season, do they? When every single thing they wrote about Paul Hurst and how we were playing was uber positive, and it was the best this I've ever seen and the best that I've ever seen. And, and no one was saying, oh, they're going hyperbolic and getting too excited about it. It was all oh, fine. Yeah, they're right because the shoes were playing well. And now I've seen a few people who are saying they're too negative or they're br- br- bringing up too many of the, the... But the whole bloody thing is negative. We've been doing the same thing on the podcast. We've been trying to find the positives and yeah. Yeah, we've won one game away all season. Yeah. That's not a good record. Against possibly the worst team in the league, I would I would wager as well. But um, yeah, so I don't know. I don't. I, I kind of get some of the, the reaction to that. And, and as we've learned doing this podcast, there are some Super Town fans that will never like to hear anything negative about the club or the players or the manager or the team ever. It doesn't matter how bad we are. They, they view it as a, as a sort of betrayal of being a fan, which I've never understood and I never will understand. I think an independent voice at a football club and in, and people speak in their mind about how things are going, whether that be the manager, the chairman or the players, I think it's a positive thing. It, it increases debate. It it widens people's thoughts about what, what, what's going on. And um, I, don't, I don't understand why people have an attitude to say, don't ever say anything negative. And, and also, as soon as you no. say something negative, people just forget about every single positive thing you, you've ever said. And it's like, you, no, no, no. I get a bit annoyed about it. Yeah, it's, on. it's myopic. But to, to be, but then to talk about positive, about debate, there was a lot of good debate on Saturday. Um, yeah. Particularly yeah. on the Facebook group that I was watching. Um, John Molyneux posted a really good kind of, you know, defense of ASCII in a debate. And it was really kind of refreshing after some of the, Bit, bit personal kind of comments and you know it doesn't need to get personal you know it's a proper debate about why he thought Askey should have more time and you know fair play from that and yeah that's good that's good debate and you know it's good to have that and you know he might have convinced a few people the other way where some other people might convince someone the other way so no I think it's good to have debate and but it's got to be informed and it's got to be you know it's got to be you can't get personal but so we've had a question Glyn um, from Leon Evans on Twitter oh yeah um, so put, put questions out on Saturday, um, sorry, Sunday, sorry, for uh, for the pod, because no new we're doing it on a Monday. Give us that bit of time to do some prep. So question from Liam to you, Glenn, you can answer this one. 
are wins like Saturday just delaying the inevitable or can ASCII turn this around? Yeah, it's interesting. There's a bit of chat about that while we're at the game, actually. And, um, you know, we'll start with just our view, I suppose, not my view particularly. But we've been talking about it on the podcast. And I, I last week said I thought we probably should move on from ASCII. I, I just thought we'd get, you know, moved on last week. I, I suspected he'd go back to Maxfield. It didn't happen, um, you know, and, and, and that's where we are now. And I, I went to Wimbledon, you know, I experienced what that game was like. I saw how he played for a long periods of it. I looked at his, his demeanour and, and how things were going on. I'm still, you know, I still wouldn't say I've moved into the all oh, give him a chance. It's ASCII in time. I, I'd still be looking somewhere else personally, right? And that's not how everyone's going to feel. But you know, it's it's again another platform similar to when we won that game a couple of weeks ago. Where if he's going to start to turn things around, this has to be another platform to build from. But he does have a, you know, you've got to give ASCII one thing. He's got a knack of finding a result at just the right time when pressure's starting to build, hasn't he? He has got a knack, <laughs> um, and for me, I don't know. He's got a couple of games, I guess. You know, this the biggest thing. The one thing he hasn't done is he hasn't got back-to-back results. Nope. Um, and playing Salford on Sunday um, is a potential banana skin. Massive. Um, and then we've got Rochdale um, at home um, on the Saturday, the seventeenth. And for me, they're they're two key games. If you can get two wins there, get a bit of momentum. You know, and then you can start turning the shit round, and yep. you know those in the you know I'll definitely you know if he turns it around, you know I'd love to be love for him to be a success. You know, I I felt nothing more. You know, I was listening to the Shrewsbury game um, at Baffer right at the end, and when we scored, me and Becky were you know gave a high five and we were really yeah. chuffed. Yeah. You know, in terms of the result, you know we want to see our team win. Um, so if he can turn it around, fair play to him. Um, but we need those back-to-back results. It's got to happen, hasn't it, this 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 next few games? I saw a few people well, saying... Well, it hasn't you know, got to happen. It might not happen. But well, you'd it's hope got to happen happens. for him to yeah. keep his job. That's the end of the day. And and we should talk about Brian. You know, he was saying, you know, we're going to back the manager and we're, we're giving him a chance and all that sort of stuff after the game as well. I'm not quite sure what, what he said there, so I won't talk about it too much. But, but is it politics? Yeah. Is that a political, political response to kind of a bit quite diplomatic and kind of keep the pressure down? Bit of bit of a vote of confidence. Yeah, I was about to say, is it a vote, the dreaded vote of confidence? He didn't say that though, did he? But um, no, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, that. in terms of his question, are wins like Saturday just delaying the inevitable? Or can ask you to turn it around? Well, if we lose on Saturday, it was delaying the inevitable. If we win on Saturday, yeah, he might start to turn it around. The proof is in the pudding, and you know he's bought himself another week of, of time to try and turn things around and um, maybe work on some of the weaknesses that's still in the team. But he's got to get this team. He's got, you know, the number one task is to get this team playing consistently. Not just exceptional football, but just good football over ninety minutes. Stay in the game, don't drift out of it. You know, stay consistently trying to win it. And um, you know, it's it's so Jekyll and Hyde at the moment. Uh, it, it's not even funny. Cool. So we've had a, another question on, on Facebook. So if you follow um, Saladcast on Facebook, um, you get you get a chance to answer these questions as well. If you're not on Twitter, um, so John at John Dunn asks. Uh, but I'm gonna I'll say the question, Glenn. But I'm gonna slightly change it um, no, before you kind of give your answer. So his question was: If you could be any current or former town player for a week, who would you be and why? I, I had a good think about this, and I thought, what would be the most fun, Ollie? You know, to for a one week in a shoe town player, and you you think about or being a specific player in a specific game, that'd be fun. That'd be ace if you were, you know, Gemo for a week during that Everton Cup game. But I bet you the best week for any shoe player in my time supporting this club would have been to have been Mickey Brown from the moment starting uh, the the Saturday morning of the Great Escape game through to the following Saturday, because you yeah. would have had a moment of of history in a football club. You know, scoring that goal that keeps a football club out of the conference. You would have had an amazing day. You'd have been a, been a football for the day, and then you'd have been pissed for. Seven days. So back in it, the old days as well. <laughs> I imagine that he he didn't have to pay for a single drink either, and probably still doesn't in, in to this day in town. So I think if I was going to be someone for a week, I think it'd be Mickey on the Great Escape Week. That'd be amazing. <laughs> 
cool. So I think I'd go for um, for Luke Daniels Ooh. playoff final Berry. Oh, yeah. Just making those kind of that save to def- completely change a game, oh. and then to go onto the penalty playoffs. You know, to make those saves. I think that for me, that's my that's my one. That's a good answer. Um, so for th- this made me think of another question, Glenn. So this oh, is right. a question, my own question. So if you could have <laughs> any town player in True to Town history, and you could, you know, bit like you know FIFA or whatever, or football manager, and you can cheat and you can put them in the squad, which town player um, would you have in the squad for the rest of the season on a kind of you know a, a kind of dream loan? No, uh, I don't know. I've not seen your answer to this, sorry, but I, my initial reaction would be considering where we're the weakest and the type of player that would do really well in that situation, I'd have Grant Holt back in a snap, in, in peak Grant, peak Grant Holt, Holt. Yeah, for, that, for, that, cool. for how good he was that season. Because we, we, if we had a hard worker in that role there, but someone who also, when he got a snapshot or a half chance, would score, it'd cover a myriad of problems in this team. I'm going to go for a bit. I bet you won't expect this answer. Go I'm going to go for Mark Grandison. Tierney. <laughs> Mark Tierney. Oh, I right. think Mark Tierney at left back would make a, a big. I think he'd change the dynamic of the team. I think if we had Mark Tierney at left back, I think that would enable us to play the diamond every week. We could play two strikers, um, play the four midfielders um, as they played on um, Saturday. But Mark Tierney and Emmanuel bombing on on both sides. So I think, and I think Martini would add that bit of that bit of bite into the team that's required yeah, as maybe. well. So he I think, was a good player. I think, yeah. yeah, he's a really good player. So I don't know. I just thought he would add a bit of natural balance to the team. It's a good question. I quite, quite like that. You know, I, I, obviously my my real answer would be have Grandison back. You know, that's yeah. for whatever. Reason. <laughs> I'll go with Grant Holt this time. I'm surprised <laughs> he doesn't live with you, Glenn. <laughs> he doesn't. Who told you that? He doesn't. he doesn't. So yeah, we'll put that question out on Twitter actually. So you know, if you have any town um, player in history in this team this this season, who would you have? Say that. So thanks for the question, guys. Yeah. So. So yeah, finally, Glenn, predictions. Yeah, we'll move straight on to predictions, Ollie. Yeah, rather than rather than uh, drag this one out because we were both a bit close this week. Actually, to be fair, we both went one yeah. one, didn't we? Um, we did. So we, were, we were minutes away from getting it right, Ollie. But uh, yeah, obviously, waterfall waterfall scuppered us there. So no no points for us this week. Um, I'm still ahead by seven. And yeah, the next game really is before we, we do the predictions is is a tricky little tie, isn't it, against Salford um, in the FA Cup at home on Sunday, an early Sunday kickoff as well, just to drag out the atmosphere from it. Um, my my good news about it is I went up the football ground today and bought five tickets in the safe standing. So, you know, released my season ticket seats and, and the same for the mates around us. And we're going to be doing the safe standing for the first time. And it's only costing us 12 quid, which is fantastic, really, for the FA Cup, isn't it? We should commend the club for the for the prices for this game. Yeah, no, definitely. Hopefully we'll have a, a decent um, decent following. And yeah, it'd be interesting to see if Salford bring um, a few um, fans as well. Um, I'd be interested to see how they're getting. Obviously, they've signed a few players um, from the Football League. Um, and obviously, they've got a bit of a, a bit of, a, you know, a bit of a media following. So yeah, yeah. that's obviously why we were picked for it. It's a shame we're not a live game because uh, that would be a lot more kind of interesting wouldn't it if it was a live match it, it's got to the point where South would have been on so much though people would have thrown up their hands and had a bit of rage about it and unfortunately this is probably one of the, the, the games that's more attractive of the ones that they've put on for Salford do you, do you not think you know it's a chance for them to knock a league club out at, a, at, at, at an early stage and um, yeah they've been on so much recently though I think I would have been I would have been annoyed for Salford to be on again even if it was with us but yeah, it, it's it's tricky because they're they're doing all right in the in the conference. They just got knocked off at top at the weekend. Um, Wrexham have gone top. I don't know if you've seen that, but um, no, I was I was just trying to quickly figure it out. Actually, um, yeah, 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 they, they drew at the weekend. They drew on Saturday. Yeah, yeah with Eastleigh. Yeah, but um, yeah, but they're going well. Um, and they're scoring a lot of goals, Ollie. That's one of our main concerns. Um, so it's going to be tough. Um, and I don't know. I I'm feeling a little bit more confident because we got a finally got an away win under our belt, but. I don't. I can't see. I think what are you going go, for? It might go to five a nil to Shrewsbury. No, it might go to. A re- I think we might end up having a replay. I think it might be. 
I'm going to be strange here. I'm going to say I think it'll be 2-2. Two, 2-2, two. Two, two. okay. Good, good old cup game. Oh, uh, I have no idea. This, this could go. Well, this could go one way or the other, couldn't it? Could you? You know, our professional. Uh, you know, we got. We have got players that are play. Majority of our players play a few divisions above Salford, mm. um, so they've got a few. You know, a few stars uh, amongst their mess for the conference. But uh, I'm going to go for a two-one victory to Town. Going to be close. I, I think it's going to be yeah, a close I game. Yeah, I think. I think it's going to be. You know, the 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 quality of Doherty and someone like that. You know. In, and the collective, you know, I think this is the kind of game that Waterfall, I think, will probably, you know, will, you know, will probably quite enjoy playing against conference style players, and hopefully, just our bit of class across the pitch will, will come through. Yeah, I don't, you know, to say they're a conference class, they might be underplaying. No, they're not. But got, you know what I mean? In but, all honesty, no, they have got a good team, and they have, but they haven't got a. Then the whole squad isn't League One. They don't have that. They haven't done that. I don't. Well, that's that's my interpretation of their squad anyway. I'm just going to look at their squad, Ollie. Let's see if how many of their players they've got that you've heard of. Here we go. That's so uh, Adam Rooney. Adam Rooney, yeah. Everyone's heard of him. Uh, where's their squad now? So, in goal, well, Chris Neal. He's coming Chris back. Neal, we know him. So, him, yeah, yeah, Scott Wiseman. I've heard of him. I'm just going to read through the ones I've heard of. Uh, Maynard. That's not Nicky Maynard, actually. I've never heard of him. No. Yeah, Adam Rooney. Danny Lloyd. Peterborough. Ex-Peterborough, I think. Um, James Hooper. I think he's played down at our level. Dan- Danny Whitehead. Nathan Pond, ex-Blackpool. No, ex-Fleetwood, isn't he? He was a decent player. Yeah. So there's a few in there. You're right, yeah. There's, there's a not few, that many. Quite, of... Yeah, I think, I, think, I think a lot of them is made about, you know, signing Adam Rooney and a few others. But a lot of the players they have got are, you know, are um, non-league players, but obviously the cream of, of non-league. A couple of players um, have played a higher level, but I think overall, you know, we are a, a level above them. Mm. Um, but obviously this is the FA Cup. This is a one-off tie. Um, anything can happen. Yeah, so they've got a defender. 2-1 win to Shrewsbury. Yeah, they've got a defender called Aibua Toure, who I've just looked at to see what his career is like, and it's Everton didn't play, Chester, Rill, Nantwich, Salford. So okay. So maybe then maybe they're not all quite as good as everyone's expecting. So yeah, we'll have to see we'll have to see what kind of turn, team turns up really, won't we? But um yep. it's gonna be interesting, isn't it? And uh, yeah, it'd be nice to see Chris Neal back actually. We've not seen him for a few years. So who knows? It's gonna be tricky. Um I guess that's where we're at, really, isn't it? So, yeah, we've got the build-up to the FA Cup. One one thing I was going to say about the FA Cup is, another thing for, for the manager and the pressure thing is, you know, town fans, uh, during my time supporting the club, the FA Cup's always been, played a big part. You know, there's always that sort of extra FA Cup buzz, and, you know, we never like managers who don't take the FA Cup seriously. And, you know, losing to non-league clubs has normally always been horrendously fatal for uh, for managers at the football club. So, you know, we can't pretend, again, just because we beat a poor Wimbledon, that this game doesn't have everything riding on it for ASCII again, can we? No, it, it's it's that's why when it, the draw came out, it was a, a pressure tie, um, and yeah, yeah, we I think we both got some scars from um, going out to non-league teams in the FA Cup. So fingers crossed that won't happen. Um, fingers crossed it'll be a good performance and it'd be an interesting atmosphere. A bit early. Um, I don't know if we'll do the pod on the Sunday, probably the Monday, I guess, Glenn. Uh, yeah, because it's on the Sunday. Well, you're more than welcome to come around and do a live version. I suppose we could maybe do that. See if some... I can get permission for that. Yeah, we'll have uh... to think. <laughs> you have to get <laughs> as a joke. It's I don't joke, need obviously. permission. <laughs> I do what I want. Don't tell my wife that. <laughs> no, exactly. So, um, yeah, <laughs> there we go. It. A bit of a funny end. <laughs> yeah, it's been an interesting week, hasn't it? And um, yeah, we we shall catch everyone next week, whether it's on the Sunday or the Monday. And you know, as much as it's been poor, I hope we continue in the FA Cup. It'd be pretty crap to get knocked out of both caps and cups in the first round before the end of November. So hopefully, we've got a little bit of cup interest to keep us going. So yeah, hopefully. The lads train well this week, and um, Askey gets to grips with the the lack of uh, effort and you know, what is what is it passion consistency yeah consistency yeah. You can get to grips with that finally and we can we can look forward to a better time so yeah 
We shall see everyone next week and uh, Cheers, have a good guys. week. Thanks very much.